0: Be honest, how many times have you watched me die? (laughs) Hello, and welcome to House of Bards. I am Alex.
1: And I am Beth.
0: This is our 10th episode. It is. And uh, following a bit of, of foreboding last week, uh, this episode, we're going to talk about the end of the world as we know it. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, the podcast is ending. Uh, we will go on a two, three week hiatus mm-hmm. uh, after yeah. this because I'm going home to see my folks and recording there would be difficult. Uh, but we thought this would be a good mid-season finale. Yeah. To be honest, there's no like real... Production structure set out for this, for the podcast, so like the concept of seasons applied to it is kind of meaningless. But, yeah,
2: you
1: know, uh, like, yeah.
0: Ten, ten episodes, right? We, we wanted to, to, to do, okay, tenth episode, let's do something a bit dramatic. Anyway. Anywhere. The end of the world.
1: The end of the world. <laughs> this is
0: maybe a, a slightly difficult topic to talk about because, weirdly, it's not something a huge number of DMs do.
1: No, it's not. But, it again, weirdly, this is something that tends to happen a bit more in tabletop role-playing games than, like, average fiction. Like, normally, there, you know, like, there are things like disaster movies that are obviously supposed to be apocalyptic. But then the majority of fiction where there is a threat of the world ending, it's normally averted or saved because, like, it's the ultimate downer ending, isn't it?
0: Like, the world actually ending signifies a fail state. So yeah. unless you've got a tragic hero who is put in charge of that, which does not generally happen, then it's not... Like, it it wouldn't happen, really, because it's like, okay, the plot didn't key out correctly.
1: Yeah, but it can happen in tabletop role-playing games a bit more frequently, because it's down to people's individual skills and luck at playing the game. So it's entirely possible... Effects are
0: also kind of permanent.
1: Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible to, you know, not make that crucial role... And end the world.
0: Yeah. And it's the, yeah, it is the kind of thing that, like, if it happens, it happens. And unless there's, you've got some sort of, like, Life is Strange-esque time travel ability on one of your characters, and honestly, if that has happened to one of your characters, good luck to you.
1: Please tell um... us in the comments how that went. We would love to hear. Because that sounds fantastic. I mean,
0: like, it's a power that you can conceive of an RPG like, oh, yeah. hero having. Yeah. If at some expense. I mean, I know... In Life is Strange, which I have been playing recently, that is why it has replaced Steven Universe as the weird off-topic shit that I'm going to talk about now. <laughs> um, hey, uh, if you haven't played Life is Strange yet, but you're going to, or if you haven't played like up to episode 3, the start of episode 4, honestly, if you started episode 4, like play all of Life is Strange up until this point, if you're going to, before listening to the next bit of uh, of this podcast, because I'm going to spoil a lot of it in pursuit of a point. Max like gets headaches and and nosebleeds and a screen effect that honestly looks like medically worrying. Yeah. Uh, if she rewinds too far or too much. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that you probably could quantify in in tabletop role playing mechanics. Yeah. As to, Like these are the conditions under which you can rewind.
1: I would love a tabletop role playing game of Life is Strange. I think that would be absolutely fascinating.
0: I, but it really I, would, but, and and you'd have like oh, the the players like having to decide when they should take photographs.
2: Oh my, yeah.
0: The the photograph mechanic would be so interesting because it's like she doesn't actually go back like like a save point. It's more she has to make predictions about what's going to change. Yeah. Because she can only move within the bounds of the photo. Yeah. But yeah, because then you'd have players like trying to take photographs at points where they think important stuff is about to happen and then try and make that important stuff, like try and affect it in a way that would allow them to make predictions about how it would work out differently. Because hmm. if... I presume like quite a lot of that, it would be kind of like trying to convince the DM that what you think would happen would actually happen.
1: Yeah, which is always dangerous because I know a lot of DMs who would take full advantage of of your own um, paranoia. and uh, Not you. To be honest, but... <laughs> I feel quite a lot
0: of DMs would like, do the thing where if you were convincing enough, but maybe overstepping the boundaries a bit, they would be like, okay, the thing you're trying to achieve by changing this does happen, but also this thing happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which you weren't expecting. Which, to be honest, the actual game also does. Yes, that's true. Like, when Max goes and stops William from dying, like, in the alternate present... William is alive. Yeah. Like that was achieved. He's fine. He's still Chloe's dad, but Chloe's life gets fucked up so bad. Yeah.
1: To be To be fair, I'm not sure you can entirely blame Chloe, like like Max for that because Chloe is very accident prone. Like who? Chloe let her is drown? honestly incredibly
0: <laughs> accident prone. it's, it's just... I do really like that that uh, Tumblr joke about yeah. um, Chloe trying to make a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> and then, like, 17 rewinds later is just like, you saved my life again, Supermax. I can't believe I almost died.
1: Have you seen the comic where, like, she does, like, a fake finger gun and accidentally shoots herself somehow? Yes, yes I have.
0: Well, I mean, that's based on, like, the point in yeah. in the actual game where she does actually shoot herself and Max has to rewind.
2: Yeah, and it's like, oh, God. Um, yeah.
0: And if you didn't get that, go and play the bit where um, Chloe uses the gun to shoot bottles again. Yeah, There is a point where, while she's shooting the car, where if you pick the wrong oh, thing, yeah, yeah. she, she was... just shoots herself by accident. And then she's like, oh, fuck, I shot myself. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> it's probably going to be really funny. At like, some point, Chloe's just going to ask Max, like, Max, be honest. How many times have you watched me die? And Max is like, I mean, five or six, probably.
1: <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs>
0: it's not good.
1: It's not good. Anyway,
0: um, I feel we kind of drifted off topic well, a bit. Not,
1: I mean, there is, like... I mean, like, it still strange. connects to the
0: point I was originally making, yeah. which is, like, that's really the only way yeah. that the characters hitting this end-of-the-world end-state failure could be averted once it's actually happened, is mm. if you can actually rewind time, or if the... End of the world state can be undone, which not a lot of them can be.
2: Mm, yeah,
0: this is actually a thing that I feel like reversible end of the world states probably happen a lot in comic books. So, mm-hmm.
1: oh yes, actually, there See, we go. I thought so.
0: It was the kind of thing that I was like, this has got to happen a lot. In I mean, comic books, sometimes
1: they do stick with it. Like technically, um, anything between post, what we would call post-Crisis and pre-New 52 is a sort of post-apocalyptic story where all of the alternate universes kind of merged into one alternate universe. Um, and then obviously the reboot happened and all the universes got split back up again. It's very complicated. And I know at the minute in Marvel the Secret Wars where all of the worlds have been destroyed... And then Doctor Doom has made like a patchwork um, world. I think it's called Battle World um, of like different like sections of things. But yes, um, I mean, that canonically, the, the Ragnarok happened in the Marvel Universe and the world didn't end. So there you go. Um, Speaking
2: of
0: worlds that ended but didn't, in an amazingly fluid segue, I've mentioned before that um, the principle of Dawn Somber is that it is technically a post-apocalyptic world except only from one particular perspective Mm. the idea is that the elves believe the world to be post-apocalyptic and that's why it's called dawn somber it's the somber dawn it's like the dawn when you wake up after the terrible world ending thing has happened and everybody is still here but as far as they're concerned the old magic not being connected to the old gods anymore is this incredibly like it would be like Try and consider like one of the things that we take for granted. Imagine if electricity didn't work anymore.
1: Oh, God.
0: I mean, technically, if electricity didn't work anymore, we would all be dead because we work by electricity well, yeah, marginally. But, like, uh, but that works fine. It's just like... If the power no... grid
1: went down, essentially.
0: If the power grid went down, but also like batteries didn't work. Yeah. Or just like, that stopped working. Mm. Like now. That yeah. happened now. That would be... I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably like a TV show on Channel Four or whatever. Sometime I think that in was 2006, actually, yeah. maybe that was about that.
1: I th- no, I think that was just about a really big blackout, as opposed to. But I, yeah, I get what you mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. for a while there was like a whole load of channels that like doing shows like that, where like some basic yeah. amenity was removed. Yeah. Um.
1: Mostly just to make you shit yourself, because then they would go, "This will happen within the next thirty years," and you were like, ah. <laughs>
0: Well, no, I mean, like, they did those, but they also yeah. did, like, fantasy fiction where something yeah. that would never really happen that yeah. way was suddenly removed. Yeah. Um, most of them tried to be character studies, but the characters weren't honestly that likable or interesting. Yeah. Oh, we should um, talk
1: about survivors in a minute, actually. And get back, yeah, get back, get back on top. Yeah, so anyway,
0: um, from the elvish perspective, like, the whole world is now lesser because the old gods are not connected to the old magic and the elves have the souring, which means they can't use what remnant of the old magic there is except Galliena who can use the old magic but also possibly knows something about the old gods control of it that other elves don't and is very keen that, that this 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 world is the right one this is the good one mm. the the previous world is the bad one for reasons she's not up to explaining currently but seems to know a lot more about than she's letting on um so you you start with like the, the whole world being at least from one perspective post apocalyptic mm. Um, but of course because that's the elvish perspective and it's it's like a racial memory that none of the elves who are like currently alive are old enough that they could have used the the old magic not even those of them who are like vampires and shit so it's difficult to relate to it's kind of the thing where really only metaphors help in explaining it to us but there are also a huge number of like Actual apocalypse scenarios yeah. just hanging over the system, uh, <laughs> over the the yeah, the setting.
1: Yeah, uh, one is the lich event horizon. I believe is what the you li- call the lich
0: it. Ev- yeah, the lich event horizon is honestly, I added the lich event horizon because it was funny, or at least at the time. I think yeah. I'm very But uh, the principle behind the lich event horizon is that liches, as they exist, like with phylacteries and like necromancers turning themselves into all-powerful undead beings, like that's basically a cheating way of accessing something that under certain conditions would happen to every single sapient being on the planet, just naturally. Um, The idea being that the arcane magic is kind of like background radiation, and if you're exposed to enough of it in a short enough period of time, or over a long enough period of time where you don't somehow die, basically you lose the ability to die. Like, your, your body starts being... Like, your, your soul is sort of interwoven into the, um, the background around you. And that's your phylactery. It's just the world. And then it's really, really difficult for you to, to actually die because your body is not now relevant to whether or not you are alive. Um, and will just sort of start reforming in a basic sense. So um, And, of course, the, uh, the, the, that, that's the Lich Event Horizon, which is this, this theory that if people lived long enough eventually they would become immortal, just naturally, because they would turn into liches. But the, the reason that's a, an apocalypse trigger is because of the Well of Horrors, mm. which is a place in Varash underneath the Prison Prisoner Pit Splinter, which is where there's an actual scenario set. And the idea of that is it's pretty much one of the only places on the planet where there is enough concentration of background arcane magic to cause lichification, if you like, within the lifespan of a normal sapient being. Whereas, like, otherwise, not even elves live long enough to actually trigger that happening. Mm. Um, And what this means is, like, because the prison, like, this starts happening to the inmates in the prison, like, slowly. And it's a problem that the prison administrators don't really want to deal with. So as soon as it starts happening to you, they, they throw you down the well. But the well is where it's most concentrated. So basically the well is so deep that you become a lich before you hit the bottom. And then you're just immortal. So the the lich is filled with like hundreds and hundreds of incredibly angry liches who will one day like just get out and spread across the whole country, maybe even the world, and just kill everybody because they're so pissed off.
1: My God.
0: Uh, And of course, bureaucracy
1: kills us all again.
0: (laughs) Because that's that's probably never going to happen because I don't particularly feel like triggering any of the, the apocalypse scenarios in the world currently. Um, But the interesting thing about it is that because there are characters who know about it, it affects what actually happens. Um, Like, for instance, it affects the fact that the patrons turn up. There's this set of vampires who turn up and tell powerful people in Varash, look, if the Well of Horrors pops, basically you need a, a force that can stand up to liches. And honestly, the only two forces that can really do that are other liches and lots and lots and lots of vampires. So we're gonna set up this really weird fucked up codependent relationship with you where we're we're gonna turn like a whole load of your ruling class and quite a lot of your military class into vampires. And then maybe if the Well of Horrors pops, you might not die. Um which just really serves to turn Varash into more of a hellhole than it otherwise is. Yeah. But it's it's like impending doom changes the behavior of characters. I feel that's maybe right, a yeah, point yeah. that we can we can that, make here.
1: Yes, yeah, obviously. Um, you know, e- you know when the when the world ends, if the world ends, when when, um, you're probably gonna see simultaneously the best and worst of humanity. Like, you know, it makes heroes out of unexpected people but it also makes scum out of people who like you would be like i thought i could trust you and yet here you are like chopping off my head with a chainsaw and i'm not even a zombie because that's just what people do because they panic they get scared and that is when when your survival instinct kicks in that's when you are willing to do quite bad things and yeah um but it, it does change how people act you can see it in all kinds of different things i can't think of any examples at the minute please help alex
0: um (laughs) honestly most apocalypse fiction yeah which is really irritating to be honest yeah it's like quite a lot of them seem to like enjoy regressing groups of characters to this weird-ass fantasy of getting rid of people who have personality traits that like maybe put people in danger Yeah. But also serve to actually humanize the people in question to the point where there is any point in them surviving at all. Yeah. And so eventually what you're left with is this group of people who do survive, but, like, do not have any human qualities that signify they deserve to. Yeah, And that's painted as good a lot. I don't know. Mm. It's not because what are these people going to do if the apocalypse stops happening? Yeah. If it doesn't, then they're all going to die, which means that them murdering all of the nice people was pointless. Yeah. And if it does, then the world is still fucked. <laughs> yeah. it's all assholes like this running the show. Yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's... You know, I, I guess that's very... It's a very nihilistic... Is that... Have I pronounced that word correctly? Nihilistic. Nihilistic. It's a very nihilistic view of humanity, isn't it, that Except it's
0: not, because a nihilistic view of humanity would preserve the people with non-optimal but important traits, because the nihilistic view would say, none of this matters at all, so focus on something other than continuity, because if you're just having continuity for continuity's sake, that's pointless, It's, it's utterly meaningless. Um, I think
1: I think I meant the word cynical. It's a very cynical view that like
0: Yes, yes it is. It is very cynical. You know,
1: in in times of great struggle and need, all the bad people would fuck over all of the good people. I'm not saying I mean, that's um, not necessarily true. No, I'm just that, saying No, that, that
0: would happen. Yeah. The problem is when that's portrayed as as a good thing.
1: Yeah. Because it's not like yeah.
0: well, you know, the, the the good people are they have weaknesses, they have traits that mean that they would not necessarily survive and they would put other people in danger and I'm like, "Yes," But most of the situations in which these like relationships are portrayed are irretrievable This is yeah. one of the things that pissed me off about um, the second season of the Walking Dead game mm-hmm. was like there were so many decisions previously in in season one there were people who were like oh well, you should you should um, kill off people who are who are like
1: Sick, bringing, bringing, and Ill, yes, and
0: yeah. sick and ill and also like have personality traits that are going to pose a threat to the, the group and i'm like yeah that's bullshit and yeah it and seemed that telltale agreed with me but then yeah, in season two they like they can make a complete face hill turn and they like, yeah they introduced the concept of um what's the character called jane jane they yeah. introduced jane i hate jane jane yeah. is the worst character and i so love that at the end of season two, you can tell her to fuck off to her face <laughs> uh, after straight up murdering Kenny, who has basically the same problem. Yeah. Um, the, the, they're just like, oh, hey, you, you have to you have to survive and you have to get rid of anybody who's going to like bring you down. And I'm like, why?
2: Yeah, because
0: oh, because it's about survival. No, it's not.
1: I mean, it, it is I, the- I
0: hate I hate to break this to you. None of these people are going to survive the zombie apocalypse because yeah. the zombie apocalypse is not going to stop happening. Yeah. All of these people are doomed to
2: die.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is it is the exact opposite lesson, really, you learn in season one where you, where a child is largely dependent on you. Yeah, cro- that's the whole, cro- the
0: whole point of season one is that Lee is like going out of his way and putting himself in danger to protect, let's be honest, somebody else's kid who he barely knows. Yeah. Because and he's that's the good thing.
1: Yeah. You know, like Crawford are like right no children in in Crawford because they're dependent, they're weak, and they're not useful. Yeah, and, and then and you can't be pregnant point, because pregnant women Crawford, are dependent on people. But the, the whole, whole point yeah. of Crawford is that they die anywhere and Yeah,
0: the whole point of, of Crawford and, and places like it is that they are tiding that they're biding their time waiting for something that will never happen. Mm. If you are invested in the world of The Walking Dead, all of those people are going to die. There is absolutely... Like, even if the zombie apocalypse stops happening, those people are fucked.
2: Mm.
0: Absolutely fucked. There's, there's no food. Most of, like, the agricultural systems have probably been destroyed now. I know all the farm animals are dead. Mm, and yeah. a lot of the crops are probably going to die soon. Can food, I mean... Obviously, there's going to be like a weird curve as more people die off than the remaining canned food provided that the existing people can get to it is going to last longer. But even then, that's all going to go off eventually. Everybody in The Walking Dead is going to die. Yeah. So it's like this is that's why it's so confusing when like season two is so focused on this idea of, you know, you have to get through. You have to survive. Why? What are you surviving for? You're surviving because there's nothing else to do but if that's the case if you're just surviving because it's all you know how to do you don't need to kill off the people who aren't sub mm. and then honestly like two telltale employees went on an ign show and went haha this disabled child who you identified with deserved to die in a horrible way and i was like well fuck you too telltale i'm yeah. probably not gonna buy any more of your shit ever again yeah and i didn't and i haven't really looked back to be honest
1: it's an even then, in season two of the Walking Dead game, you, at the end, you are still left with a small baby who is dependent on you that you can't feed, that you can't really properly look after in any way because you're a twelve-year-old girl. So even yeah. then, like
0: either Clem or Alvin is going to die. Yeah, probably like, Alvin. Yeah, like I, I can't imagine. Like maybe. If Clem latches onto another group, she might be able to survive a couple more years. Yeah. But even then, Alvin is what, a toddler? Yeah. When Clem is 12. She's not going to be able to, like, teach him enough that he'll be able to survive mm. in a world that must, by definition, be a lot harsher than the one even she was yeah. progressing in. Like, both of those kids are going to die. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I know. It's a real bummer given that the ending of of season two of The Walking Dead game is honestly probably the best bit of the otherwise kind of shit season two of Walking Dead game yeah but both of those children are going to die
2: yeah
0: no like even if you sent them with Jane or with Kenny mm. all three of them are going to die yeah. There's nothing you can do about that.
1: Perhaps sending them with an adult gives them a bit more time and buys them a bit more beware. Even
0: then, it's like neither Kenny or Jane are incredibly stable people and they both have fucked up philosophies. Yeah. Uh, And Kenny is like ridiculously abusive as well. Yeah. Although, to be honest, given her actions while you have the fight with Kenny, so is Jane. She's just less violent about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just like
0: neither of them are good, but Mm. without them, they're going to die real quick.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I know that in Kenny's ending, you actually do manage to find like a sanctuary, and you get accepted, but they won't let Kenny in. Um, probably the best ending for Clem that gives her the most time is that ending where she says, "Actually, no, I'll but you can go. I'll stay with Kenny." But that's no, you're gonna—he will get you killed way more quicker if you live in the he Haven. He possibly the might haven also you kill you.
0: Yeah, because Kenny is ridiculously unstable, and a lot of the people. In this world, if we're supposed to believe that people like Jane are the best survivalists, are probably going to be like Kenny or Jane. Yeah. So it's like, no, everybody in The Walking Dead is fucked. Yeah. And if, if you if you gained The Walking Dead for the optimal party, you're a fucking idiot. I'm sorry, you are. Mm. Um, and also, if I met you, I would probably hate you.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway. It, it, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's- it's not unrelevant. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, like,
0: this, this is one of the things that's like, it's not just, there's quite a lot of like apocalyptic scenarios that sort of, a lot of them have that kind of pe- person, but it's really down to the individual like um, scenario as to whether they glorify that kind of person or not.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Fallout just, it, Fallout is like, no, that kind of person is terrible. But also there's a level of control that exists here that doesn't necessarily exist in in other post-apocalyptic scenarios where people who are not that kind of person exist in a level above that and are more terrible. Yeah, Which is different, I guess.
1: Mm. I mean, it's...
0: (sighs) Whereas I'm pretty sure that Mad Max is like, no, no, the the world is pretty much exclusively that kind of person and it's fucking terrible.
1: I I don't necessarily know if that's true of everything in Mad Max. It's... I know Mad Max is a funny one because there is, implicitly, it sort of implies there is hope for humanity, just not all of humanity, maybe. Mm. Um, Which is an interesting perspective. Um,
0: I mean, like, Fallout has Maura Brown in Fallout Mm. 3. Yeah. Who, despite her chipper uh, attitude being slightly grating, I find it difficult to hate because she honestly seems like the person with the most solid ideal about what to do because it's like all of these people either they're terrible or they're not terrible but they don't have any ambition whatsoever and they're just sort of like dying slowly yeah there's people like moira who are like "Well, we the world can't go back to the way it was before and none of us would fit in it if it did so it's got to be different Hmm. but we can fix it actually while we're about it fallout 3 seems like the world in in dc at least is a lot more fucked than it is like in california Mm. Because in Fallout One, you had like places like Shady sands where there were people actually growing crops and yeah. farming Brahmin and stuff where it's like maybe these people's lives are kind of folk, but there's an essence of st- of sustain- sustainability sustainability going on here. and I didn't see a whole lot of that in Fallout 3. I don't know about yeah. New Vegas. I haven't played New Vegas because honestly the, the like the fundamental principle behind new vegas's story is the most asinine thing i have ever seen from a, a fallout game
1: i seem to recall that new vegas had quite a thriving amount of sustainability but i don't know I mean, if they had farming
0: i seem like i, I feel like and new, new vegas probably would because new vegas was like made by a lot of the original black isle team who now work at obsidian uh, which is honestly one of the things that made me feel so betrayed about its ridiculous main story premise. Um, but it makes sense that they would pay attention to the idea that like the world should probably be sustainable. Yeah. You know. But no, definitely in Fallout One, it seemed that it was it was a lot more sustainable. Which means it's maybe not a good candidate for post like apocalypse scenarios where the apocalypse is going to win. Yeah. Because maybe
2: it won't.
1: Yeah. It's a. Uh... It's always an interesting thing to check whether the apocalypse wins or not, but I guess it depends on whether there is the danger is ever going to pass. Like eventually, like even if nukes do kill the majority of human life, eventually radiation will disappear after so many years, and if humans have survived to a point where we can repopulate the Earth, we'll probably be kind of okay.
0: Maybe. We also have to question, like, if we're talking post-apocalypse, what do we want to classify as a win state? Yeah. Because in Fallout, if everybody got turned into Mariposa-stute super mutants, that's still technically a branch of humanity. Yeah. And they're immune to radiation, and they don't really need to eat that much. Mm. And they're just generally hardier than humans. Yeah. So it's like... Is that a win state, technically?
1: Maybe. Because
0: they're, they're going to survive, probably. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I think even the, um, the the vault whatever super mutants, the other kind, yeah, would probably survive. Yeah. And I mean, it's it- like, yeah. And of course there's um, ghouls and whatnot who live for a ridiculously long time. Oh, yeah. And are a lot hardier. Is everybody becoming a ghoul or a mutant a win
1: state? It's an interesting question, yeah. Like, if... Humanity can live on, but live on differently and not the same, and adapt to its surroundings, which technically becoming a ghoul is.
0: Yeah, or I mean, it, certainly yeah. becoming a super mutant. Oh that? yeah, because that was the whole like that's the whole reason why the mariposa super mutants exist.
1: Yeah, that's it's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's it's interesting. like
0: is that a win state or is it a fail state because they're not like the pure branch of humanity that comes yeah they're out not of the vault. they're not
1: like optimal human. Yeah, hmm. it's. Hmm. Well, that that's the thing. Or, in, or um, is
0: that considered an apoc- uh, like a second apocalypse, the know. destruction of humanity in favor of the mutants? I
1: don't know. I mean, like you have uh, like you know Doctor Who. Okay, not a not a particularly apocalyptic episode of Doctor. Actually, no, because the world legitimately Earth ends in it. But in the new Who with the Ninth Doctor, we learn that humanity has spread so far wrong among- amongst the stars that there isn't really a pure human anymore and most of us have bred in with aliens and we're like
0: well that's that's cassandra's whole deal isn't she yeah she's she's technically the last genetically pure human if not like yeah looking like a humanoid being yeah yeah um yeah it's a point it's like what do we actually mean when we're describing this is why it's a lot easier to describe the end of the world than it is necessarily the end of humanity yeah yeah because um but even then it's like What do we mean when we say the end of the world? Do we... uh, TV Tropes, I know, has different echelons for... Yeah. ...apocalyptic events. There's, like, wiping out humanity. Mm. There's also apocalyptic events that don't really wipe out humanity at all, but cause humanity to change the way it relates to its environment enough that everything that we know right now... ...would be unrecognizable. Yeah. But then there's also, like, actual destruction of the planet Earth. Yeah. There's complete eradication of all life complete eradication of all sapient life which is generally what mass effect is concerned with yeah um essentially there are a lot of ways for us to imagine our own destruction but we don't seem to agree a huge amount on what that would constitute
1: yeah i mean i think they're all apocalyptic to an extent
0: well i think what, what, what really comes down to is that a lot of scenarios that would be more destructive than just destroying humanity would also destroy humanity so we we don't really make a distinction there
1: yeah like it yeah but I mean, I would tend to kind of see it as like it's incredibly i would fi- it's probably quite a difficult task to kill every last human on the earth. I know we've had several kind of quote unquote apocalypse scenarios in real life where a significant amount of the human population has died but
0: I believe that a lot of the people who were there at the time considered the Cold War an impending apocalypse oh scenario. well, yeah,
1: th- you know, yeah,
2: it's um, like
0: if these two superpowers nuke each other and Mm -hmm. then presumably each other's allies yeah then possibly enough of of the world will be nuked that if humans don't die out completely there will be like at least a first stage apocalypse where our way of life is entirely changed i mean that's that's actually legitimately the story of fallout i mean yeah it is yeah the superpower is china not russia yeah but that's actually what happens Mm. is that china and the uh, the u.s yeah like nuke the shit out of each other and everybody's dead except they're not
1: yeah is that like i mean i would feel that and i would hope that like sig- there are superpowers in the world that have plans contingency plans for the survival of humanity in case they fuck up um I, at least i would you know hope so but
0: i do know that like we we have military contingency plans for what happens if specifically what happens to our overseas military blocks if the chain of command is broken by all like everybody in the uk being killed yeah um it apparently involves like envelopes containing letters from the prime minister or something yeah but that's I know, fucked up
1: yeah that that's yeah but i mean isn't there like this place i can't quite remember where it is but it's um from what i remember a bunch of sort of overhanging rock and if they if all those rocks fall into the ocean the impending tidal wave will basically kill out all of human life
0: I don't remember that. I do I, remember that the Yellowstone volcano might blow up at any point and that's basically also, yeah. kill everybody in North America and then slowly choke the rest of us to death.
1: Yeah, like... <laughs> well,
0: that's terrifying.
1: Yeah. I, this, this is move so far away from, like, tabletop stuff we're just literally talking about nasty ways we could all die in an instant. Well, that's the
0: thing, though. Is yeah. like, this isn't necessarily all completely fantasy. I mean, I mentioned yeah. last week that... There's a definite man made apocalypse impending upon us. It could happen, yeah, it probably won't, but it could. there's nothing yeah. stopping it, yeah, and well, the only thing stopping it is well. like
1: the only thing stopping it is literally like if you do this, you will end all life on earth. That is a really big decision to make for one man or woman, mm. um you know, like that it's literally just your own morals and your own like sense of of ethics not pressing the big red button to to nuke everyone like
0: i mean i feel that we probably are in the most technical sense pretty safe because if you look at a lot of the fiction that we that we generate most of it is concerned either with this well i say most i mean like most of it that mentions nuclear weapons at all is either concerned with this like horrific fear that we have of them as a concept yeah or in generating like fantastical scenarios where the threat that is posed to humanity as a whole is sufficiently escalated that their use becomes justified. And it's ridiculously high. So, But the thing is that that means that what we have instead is all the world superpowers, well, there's one world superpower, but all the world powers just sort of sitting on these banks of nukes Mm. and not doing anything with them and not intending to do anything with them but keeping hold of them. Because a war that will never happen is averted by us having them, mm. and that's fucked up.
1: Yeah, but uh, it it there <laughs> are kind of two kinds of end of the world scenarios if you kind of think about it, aren't they? There's like the slow apocalypse that happens over a period of time and isn't instantaneous, and then there's the instantaneous apocalypse. Like nuclear weapons are one of the instantaneous ap- apocalypses, cause you like. <laughs>
0: The instantaneous apocalypse is much more survivable, because yeah. it's much more difficult to get the whole of humanity in one go. Yeah. Contrary to what I said last week. Yeah. Um, but the slow apocalypse is probably less full-on.
1: Yeah, this is zombies, <coughs> it's... Um,
0: Just the general collapse of infrastructure that sort of yeah. turns us into like this world of lawlessness.
1: Yeah. Um, I think te- technically Armageddon counts in Christian theology, but... There's sort of that thing in Armageddon where the rapture happens beforehand, so everybody who's technically good, like, goes up to heaven and they get to you know, they're all saved and all the shitty people are left on earth with um Jesus Christ on one side of the ring and the Antichrist on the other side of the ring and they have like a big battle, presumably with like yeah. Armageddon is weird, but it's again it's this sort of slow process. Like I think the end of the world is about to take something like three years in Mm. Christian theology as opposed to like um, I'm pretty sure the Ragnarok takes place over the course of a week um, while all the gods kill each other and the impending fallout kills all of the humans on earth I do like
0: that Like Ragnarok is this idea that there's nothing that can inherently be done by humans that will cause the end of the world it's just literally we will be casualties in somebody else's war
2: yeah yeah I mean, we will happen
0: to be wiped out during yeah. this cosmic event yeah. between, like, individuals we are aware of and pay, like, pledge fealty to, but yeah. basically have no connection with whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I mean, even at the end of Ragnarok, there's still a man and a woman left at the end to repopulate the Earth, although that... I feel you would need more than two people to repopulate the Earth.
0: I think I saw a Reddit thread once that was like, it technically could be done, yeah. but you would have to... Have ridiculously good luck with the environment that the people were living in, yeah. and basically regulate breeding. Yeah, and like pretty much as soon as you miscarry once, that branch is fucked. Yeah, Com- like, completely. Um, and yes, you're all going. To- the problem is what they were saying was the only reason it wouldn't happen is because the branches themselves would become too inbred mm. to actually be able to regulate their own breeding. Which they would need to do in order to become less inbred. Yeah. So that would be the problem,
1: essentially. Yeah. I, I think it takes something. At I think it takes at least. But, I mean, that's
0: Reddit, so yeah. You know, take at, it with a grain of salt. Yeah. The
1: I think the numbers would have to be at least two hundred non-related adults and yeah, I think like, it is about children. it's
0: definitely about two hundred uh, yeah. non-related adults for if you're going completely unregulated. Yeah. Yeah. Then. You need at least that. Yeah. And in all honesty, kicking it up to a thousand is probably safer.
1: Well, that that you like, know that's what two t- they...
0: two hundred is is like technically probably nothing horrendously bad will happen. Yeah. Until we get out of the woods. Yeah. But um, you need to go higher than that if you want to make sure that nothing actually bad happens. Like those kids will get inbred. And yeah, they like will um, be mutated a bit.
1: Yeah, like uh, I know that. Many, many years ago, there was an apocalypse like scenario that wiped out almost all life on earth and left only a thousand people left over and everyone on earth today is descended from those one thousand people um yeah, so it, it yeah can be done. Uh, uh, yeah, like and I mean even to an extent you know the current human bra- human race has you know quite a bit of inbreeding here and there, so oh yeah, it's not been perfect for sure you know you
0: you can get out of that,
1: yeah, you but... know
0: yeah uh, in mm. Philip Reeves Mortal engines yeah uh, and admittedly you don't find this out until the end of the fever crumb trilogy um it's not it's not evident in the in the original quartet um essentially there was a nuclear war between China and the United States I think it was actually like it was it was, it wasn't just the United States it was like the not even the u n mm. it was like the the um if you think about the the like Australia and France and the UK and Canada all banding together with the United States, I think that's what it was. Mm. They had a nuclear war, but the stalkers are like, the nuclear war wasn't really the problem mm. because the nuclear war fucked China and the US, but everywhere else was pretty much fine. The problem was the slow bombs from the barefoot states. Yeah. And then it, they go on to explain this, this deal where like basically... And I have, this is honestly the bit of Mortal Engines that's the least believable, is that the barefoot states were not advanced enough to have nuclear bombs, but were able to create the slow bombs, which honestly seem way more complicated and way more expensive. Yeah. Uh, the, the slow bombs are essentially this, um, this deal where they send, like, tiny spaceships into space that grab asteroids and then point the asteroids at, like, bits of the Earth Calculating where the Earth will be when the asteroid reaches it, and they're just firing the asteroids towards the Earth. And they're mm. saying that basically the slow bombs is what fucked everything up. Yeah. Because they started arriving like 50 years after the nuclear war. Yeah. Where people were just rebuilding and then fucked everything up again. Where yeah. They're just constantly bombarding the surface, and that's why everything is fucked up in Mortal Engines, is because it's like, okay, very small number of people survived. And then not only have you got the remnants of a society, and the thing is, like, Mortal Engines is, like, the society is completely gone. Like, it's not immediately obvious. The original quartet is weird because it's, like, they're completely disconnected from our society in such terms that they, like, barely have any archaeological evidence of us. But the, 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 the giant cities roll around, so you're like, well, the cities are unharmed. And it's only in the Fever Crumb Trilogy that you're like, actually, the cities... Remain culturally like pretty much every city had people who survived who remembered it, but they're all rebuilt. Like none of them, not even the landmarks that were rebuilt, are the originals. Yeah. So like Saint Paul's Cathedral is on the top of London in Mortal Engines, but it's not the original Saint Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. It was rebuilt. So they had this weird like feudal system before the the towns started moving around. Yeah. Honestly, I was not expecting the Fever Crumb trilogy to be so good. Given that basically there's no because like Mortal Engines, the big attraction is the the cities moving around, isn't it? Mm, and yeah. then Fever Crumb trilogy, there's there's like basically none of that until the end. Like London yeah. is the first one, but I feel it's actually probably better. Uh, also, there's lesbians. Yeah, which... I mean that's that's a pretty big spoiler for the the end of the third book. But um, if if you've been avoiding picking up Mortal Engines, uh, the Fever Crumb trilogy at least maybe maybe do that.
1: Yeah. yeah like i mean i if feel that's like that's
0: what it takes to to get you to pick up uh pick up a book i
1: i know several people who are like i'm not gonna read it unless there's lesbians in it and i admire those people greatly um i mean you...
0: like looking at the, the things that they reject and don't reject based on that principle i'm like actually that's probably pretty sound yeah i get i get where <laughs> you're going with this yeah and, um, no like no fever Crumb trilogy um yeah. there's a couple of things in the Fever Crumb Trilogy, where if you've read the original Mortal Engines Quartet, there's like, they're like Easter eggs. Mm. Uh, but you don't have to. Yeah. You can't just read the Fever Crumb Trilogy. It is a self-contained trilogy about that universe, which is post-apocalyptic. Mm. We've spent a lot of time talking about post-apocalyptic worlds, but that's yeah. not really the point <laughs> we were going really, for, yeah. is it? Because yeah. if you... I mean, obviously, post-apocalyptic worlds do exist yeah. in... The world of tabletop role playing games, yeah. There's like, there's like, um, apocalypse World, world. And there's, uh, Apocalypse World, there's Mutants and Masterminds. Yeah. Uh, there's quite, I, I think Mutants and Masterminds is post-apocalyptic anyway. It sounds yeah. like it is. Yeah. Um. So it's not like that that concept is alien, but generally that's an aspect of the world, like when it starts. Yeah. Nobody like... really ends their their RPG universe just to have. Like a post-apocalyptic system because it would be annoying, yeah, it would be like, okay, most of these settings that you've you know you've become familiar with now don't exist, mm. and also the culture that informed quite a lot of your players your player characters like choices and aesthetic yeah. also does not exist, so yeah. there's nothing to work with here
1: like really, when you end the world in a game. The ending is normally either the right. You guys failed. That's it. The world is fucked. Or it's let's see if you survive the end of the world and make it into the post-apocalypse. But then after that, we'll end it because we'd have to find a new system. And that kind of the end of the world seems like a natural conclusion. And maybe you surviving is hope for elf, orc, and norm kind.
0: Or maybe like the world ends and basically you survived somewhere else. Yeah. But there isn't any hope. It's just your refugees. Yeah. Because that's that's one of the... Actually, if I can talk very briefly about Mortal Engines again. And okay. this, is a, this is a pretty big spoiler for the end of A Darkling Plane, which is the fourth book in the original quartet. There's kind of a weird apocalypse-like scenario where the age of the Mortal Engines ends and the only character who survives to the end of the book is Shrike because all of the actual like mortal humans just live out their lives at die. Um, I think... Tom and Hester both die, and that's why Shrike just sort of... It ends with, like, I think Tom and Hester are both dead, and it ends with Shrike putting their bodies in a cave and then sitting down on a rock near them and then just sort of going into, like, fast time where he's just staring at them and watching their bodies decompose and, like, turn into dust over, like, years and years and years and years and years. And And then he starts seeing snapshots of, like, new things happening, and then he starts slowing down until he can actually, like, get up. Because he's a... You know the Cybermen? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Stalkers in Mortal Engines are kind of like more gruesome versions of the Cybermen. Right. That's, that's their whole deal. It's like when after you're dead, you get turned into this sort of reanimated man thing. Shrike is like the sort of mascot character for the Stalkers as a concept. And he's honestly pretty much the only good one. Yeah. But anyway, like he, he wakes up and he finds out that the principal... Because this is the thing. like At the end of Mortal Engines, the apocalypse is not reversed, but the it comes good. Yeah. Because the the principle under which New London was created, which is this idea of, like, you would have maglev cities. That doesn't survive, but the technology it was based on does, and it, it's basically, like, they rebuild the world. Yeah. And Shrike is the only one who lives to see this. But he's like, okay, so what do I do now? Because these people don't seem to have a huge amount of use for a murdering resurrected man machine <laughs> who... Like guts people with glaives that come out of his wrists. So what am I for? And uh, like this keys into stuff that's happened previously in the quartet. He's like, I'm a remembering machine. I remember shit. And so he's like, the, the gimmick at the end is that he there's these two children and he starts telling them like the story of, of his friends of Tom and Hester. Mm. And he starts with um the first paragraph of Mortal Engines, which is really funny because you're like, oh well, the entire the entire quartet is is Shrike telling these kids a story. Except it isn't, because he actually gets one of the words wrong.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but maybe it was just different in my printing. All um,
2: right.
0: But you could almost look at that transition as a kind of apocalypse, because honestly, yeah. apart from Shrike, who survives that? I mean, yeah. presumably, I think that they do meet other stalkers who are legitimate, dedicated, remembering machines who aren't killed. So presumably they're still around. Yeah. But of all the characters who you've come to know in the quartet only Shrike survives that. Mm. So maybe that is kind of like an apocalypse. I'm not saying that every total party kill in a in a role playing game is an apocalypse, but at a point where everybody you know is killed, that it, it, it's maybe not not an apocalypse, but it's it's that that kind of end point that Yeah,
1: your story is now cut over. Off. Yeah. yeah. And if
0: if if you want to keep having a story, you've basically got to have a new one. Yeah. Which is it's weird because a lot of this is based on our own perception, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's kind of a, an interesting way to like link back into like fiction and stories. When the story ends, does the world of that story end? Is that what fanfictions for? Is mm. that why fandom persists and remembers things? You know, do you know like every like every forgotten story and tale is that like an end? Is that like you know if you think of human race just being a bunch of stories? you know we are a story and how will it end i don't know where i'm going with this are you Hmm. following my train of thought i I think i get you (laughs) yeah that that kind of idea of if you don't remember a story how did you know it ever really happened um you know
0: and then it it comes to things like in that case if the only point of persistence of a story is that it's remembered are fictional stories any different from real ones
1: my god
2: you know oh yeah
1: well, it's it's that idea um, that uh, when you die, it won't be the end of you, cause you'll be remembered, and the people who remembered you when they die w- will have told other people about you. You'll continue to be remembered and remembered.
0: Yeah, but this comes to a point where you maybe aren't relevant anymore.
1: Yeah, what well, you know, like where we
0: people remember you, but they don't necessarily remember you for any reason. Yeah. Because, like, what? How are you relevant to their life?
1: Yeah. And but basically now we're discussing the main theme of the game, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Spoilers, yeah, that, that, by the way. <laughs> theme,
0: I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a spoiler, given that it's pretty yeah. clear from the title of the game that it's yeah. about a post-Rapture Earth. Wow. Well, I mean, at least <laughs> where it appears but, everyone but has it, gone to the Rapture.
1: What it portrays itself as, yes, is that everybody has seemingly gone to the Rapture.
0: I haven't played Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. No, right?
1: it's nice. I believe it's it was nice. a console
0: excuse, exclusive.
1: Is it? Must be. Oh yeah, be PlayStation one.
0: Yeah, and also like I played Dear Esther, and I was like, I didn't think it was bad. Yeah. But I was like, this fucked me up, and I can't really figure out why.
1: Yeah. I don't know if
0: I really liked that experience.
1: Yeah, I didn't play Dear Esther, but I did play Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, and I liked it. It was very. Uh, it was sort of about. It's sort of about the idea of how we're all connected to each other and how our stories all interlink as human beings. And, uh, yeah, hmm. philosophical shit like that, which is, is what the Chinese room likes to do, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that, also, that, is, that is kind of their deal. I mean, from what you describe, it sounds like it makes more sense than Dear Esther did. Dear Esther, like, yeah. made some sense very late on, where you eventually figured out what all the random bullshit it was talking about was, like, actually connected to. Yeah. And then the ending was really weird, because it's like, wow, this dude possibly died but also possibly didn't. And if he didn't, we're in trouble. Yeah. Because something else different happened, and, yeah. and that's bad.
1: Yeah, but
0: that's, it's, it's very strange. It's... Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. apocalypses in role-playing games. Yeah. Why should you end the world? I mean, obviously, ending the world is like... If it's an actual challenge your players need to overcome, they really... It, it really should be like end-game stuff. Yeah. So level 20 players in D&D... Yeah. Or whatever, it should be the final, the final thing they face, yeah. because basically, there's no threat that they're going to face that is more significant than preventing the literal end of the world. Yeah. Like if you remember, um, when Russell T Davies was in charge of New Doctor Who, mm-hmm. how ridiculous every progressive finale got, because yes. he he was running out basically of things to threat. There's a reason why in the end of his last series. Davros th- literally threatens the concept of reality because there, <laughs> there is no further that yeah. you can escalate that. Yeah,
1: I like it. It kind of like his season finales really peaked in season three, and then like the fourth season, I enjoy the fourth season. I enjoy the fourth season finale, but everyone knows that like the third season is probably the best in terms of like apocalypse scenarios, just because the Masters saw so fucking evil in knew who
0: yeah yeah i mean the resolution was kind of bullshit but it was also kind of basically the only way that that could be reversed
1: yeah because i mean they're basically in an apocalyptic world at that point because humanity's being
0: they're in in basically a post-apocalyptic epilogue yeah like the master has fucked up the whole of time and space yeah to the point where like everything is about to collapse yeah and he's just burning up like the whole Mm. of that was the thing, like bringing the toclophane back is yeah an, an inherent time paradox, yeah, so there's no future for that world at all, yeah, yeah, it's just collapsing in on itself, yeah, so that was basically the only way that they could that they they could fix that yeah. and then beyond that point, it's like, okay, we've threatened the whole of time and space what's what, what is a bigger threat than that
1: yeah, I think this is kind of maybe why Stephen Moffat's paired it down to more personal threats to the Doctor, and it's more about the end of the Doctor personally.
0: I feel that's like one of the only things that I don't blame Stephen Moffat for doing, because it's yeah. like, wh- where are you going to go? Yeah, where are you going to go? Like, like that, he... that was a legitimate problem that he did like what
1: address. At the end of season five, it was literally like, time is coming undone. And then it's like, yeah, you've kind of got to go... Yeah, it's like, go...
0: you, you've done this before. I mean, technically in a different way, so yeah. it's, it's sure, but it's like... There's a couple of really good shots you can get off this, and then otherwise it's like, uh, yeah. no.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. Then no. it's like, you're just redoing this again, you know? So it's, you've got to kind of think of different season finale. But then it does get repeatedly repetitive. Again, though, it gets repetitive, Stephen Moffat. Well, there was that. Have that post, every wasn't season there? finale being like, this is the end, end of the line for the Doctor. Next season, this is the end of the line for the Doctor. Like, yeah,
0: and it's like, do you see that that post that was like of all the times where he's like, no, no, that's impossible, that can't happen, and it's like, how many times has this happened? Know, but it clearly can, yes. and frequently does. It
1: does, yes.
0: <laughs> which is another reason why this should be a very final event in yeah. in your game world. Is it's going to get old if you do it more than once? Yeah, Well like... basically, there's one way I can see that it would be different, which is if. Quite a lot, quite a lot of of D and D settings have support for, if not planescape, then some form of multi-dimensional travel. Yeah. And if the idea is that the original setting itself is destroyed, and then your players escape into the into the multiverse and sort of transcend that particular kind of of restricted terrestrial living. Yeah. Then okay, they're living on a higher echelon now, so yeah. the threats that come to them could be of the same type but bigger, at least for a little while. Mm. But that's really the only way I can see you doing it because otherwise it's like, there's nowhere to go from this. This is the big one as it were.
1: I, I do know actually, I've just remembered this um, this is this concerns LARPing, but it's thematically kind of the same idea as shared storytelling I suppose, kind of counts. I know my cousin is in a, is in a LARP where they They're kind of like the prevention of the end of the world squad. And it's like, you know that quote from Men in Black where, like, K is talking to Jay and he's like, well, the end of the world happens basically every day. We don't tell you about it because, like, it happens so frequently and we avert it so often that, like, it's no big deal. He's
0: he's telling him because... um... Jay fired his weapon in public and he's like, The world is ending, nobody cares. Yeah. And Kay's like, No, that's the whole point. Yeah. The whole point is we have to prevent the end of the world frequently without alarming people.
1: Yeah. So that and that's kind of the concept of that LARP is yes, we are preventing the end of the world on a regular basis. It's vaguely based off Welcome to Night Vale and Um Lovecraft and a bit of steampunk thrown in, which I think sounds pretty cool. So yeah. But, you know, it's oh, it's the like LARP. Com- I was like, Men in Black yeah. isn't. No. <laughs> Men in Black came out long that would before be they came to Night Vale. <laughs> that would be interesting, but yeah. No, but yeah. But you've even got, like, Welcome to Night. Na- like, there are theories that Welcome to Nightvale is a post apocalyptic um, world.
0: Would honestly make a lot of sense, to be fair. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like, once it's been established that, like, Desert Bluffs is honestly as weird as Nightvale, but in a completely different way. Yeah. It's like, okay, the fact that these two towns. Exist in what is seemingly the middle of an endless desert, yeah. with no real proper connection to the outside world, hmm. may be indicative of something. Yeah,
1: and the fact that most of the people who live in Nightvale are kind of, they kind of just get on with it. Like the world ends, panic, and then oh, the Carlos saved us all. Thank God. Um, Let's <laughs> everyone go back to normal.
0: I'm so behind on Nightvale.
1: I'm really behind on Night Vale. I haven't listened to Welcome to Night Vale in about My a year. RSS
0: feed has 102 episodes stacked up, which comes down yeah. to 51 episodes because they did that thing where like they for some reason re-uploaded a whole yeah. load of them.
1: I think I've got something like 20 episodes, which is quite a lot for me. Um, mm. So yeah, I haven't really I haven't listened to it that for much. listened for ages. Yeah, I haven't listened to it since they went on hiatus in November, I think. Not properly. I've only just gotten past those episodes. So... Yeah. Well, they did. I two was th- like, "Oh, I'm going to
0: yeah. listen to Night or I could do something else." Yeah. And then I do something else. Anyway, um, so, anyway, yeah, it if we labour this point a lot. Eventually, we'll move on to something else. It should yeah. be the very final thing that is done. It should
2: be, yeah. Um, and you have
0: yeah. to be serious about. Basically, this is the 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 sort of thing that you would only really do if you had a very high level group and you knew you were going to stop playing the game. And then yeah. that's that's like the final thing that they face. Yeah, because um. it's like it's not really right for players who aren't max level to save the world.
1: Yeah, though so it it would be funny if like a theme of the game was you're constantly thwarting the apocalypse, and you just sort of walk into random situations, and oh yeah, here's a here's another crazy person trying to end the world. Guess we've got to stop him. Um, I
0: mean, I guess there's probably quite a few um, superhero games that are kind of like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, I would imagine so. because um, like, if a villain doesn't want to destroy the world, they want to take it over, uh, mm-hmm. which again could, depending on their goals and what they see as their vision for the world, be an inferred apocalypse as well. So yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, like that was kind of the the deal that uh, was shown to one of my groups when they were like, "Hey, if we do this thing, basically Galliena becomes the heir to the Elvish throne," and I'm like, "Well, that would never happen." Because she wouldn't take it, but if she did, it would be like you know that episode of The Simpsons with the uh, the guy in the UN from from yes. Russia, they, like <laughs> presses the button and like the the thing turns over and it says Soviet Union.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be
0: like that, but with all of the gulags, but none of the like means of production in the hands of the workers. Yeah, it would be terrible. But yeah. Galliena will never be Empress, even if you make her next in line for the throne, she will refuse it.
2: Yeah,
0: because she hates elves. So. <laughs> It's like, why, why why, would I become... Why,
1: would, why you do this?
0: Why would I become yeah. the Empress of the Elves? It's not, yeah. not going to do that. No, no, go away. Go away before I vaporize you.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Mm.
0: Um, so really, honestly, I think what I'm saying is the end of the world is the kind of threat that you should only really throw at your players as a finality if they've exhausted every other threat. Yeah. Which kind of ties it into the whole... Your players should be level twenty, and you should be prepared to end the game immediately afterwards, yeah. whether they succeed or not, mm. because they're never going to face a an obstacle that is more formidable than the literal end of creation, yeah, so uh, that should be the end of their story,
2: yeah,
1: unless it's a relatively gentle apocalypse, um, they don't plan on ending all of creation, maybe it's just like a tiny, tiny end of the world, like I'm not nu- sure what like one
0: w- nuke or something, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, but even then, you're kind of playing with yeah. fire a bit.
1: Yeah. Fuck these six fish in particular.
0: Oh no, I like <sighs> those six fish
1: <laughs> in particular. Yeah. Oh,
0: those those six fish in particular.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel honestly, it's difficult to talk about the end of the world in this context it, because it is. It's the kind of thing you've got to have a reason to do it. Yeah. And I I honestly think that the reason I've just laid out there is pretty much the only reason. I yeah. Mean, I, I suppose mean, the other reason is if you want to. Um, like end the world prematurely, where yeah. the the characters are doomed to fail, yeah, but we don't really need to talk about that nah, yeah, not really. you, you know why not, I think yeah, most of our audience will will overlap with uh, yeah. with there's somebody who we shan't mention be, been mm. talking about that previous uh, the, the, recently,
1: yeah, um I know that uh gosh shit, what was I gonna say it, I mean you could also do an end of the world scenario if you were a dm. And you've kind of assembled these people kind of randomly, and you don't really like them, but I mean that that's just just stop the game, in which case you don't have to like fabricate this I mean apocalypse scenario
0: of course <laughs> I, I'm making the assumption here that your your player characters are facing the end of
1: yeah. the world yeah they, you they may could not also be.
0: have like some scenarios that you run while the end of the world is happening. Oh yeah, but that aren't directly related to the end of the world. So maybe um, you could run a thief game where you're basically looters, (laughs) you know,
1: like just like last night on Earth. Let's get all of the shit we can.
0: Yeah, or a game where, like, maybe your characters know that the world is going to end, so it's their last chance to get revenge on the people who have wronged them in their lives, or something.
1: Yeah, or uh, some some wizarding scholar types trying to save books and uh, preserve future. Preserve knowledge for the future if it may come at all. Maybe, um, yeah. Or trying clerics to trying to preserve religion or trying to escape a place, or, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a whole load of things that people would be doing during the end of the world that, you know, maybe your players are doing instead of trying to stop it. Yeah. You know? Um, you know. Hey, maybe your characters are trying to, like, maybe the, the end of the world is sea levels rising and your characters are racing to try and get all of the, like, materials to build Rapture. Only with less objectivism, yeah, or maybe all of the objectivism. I don't know how you want to play your game. Who
2: knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, Um.
0: Because if we're honest here, the fact that Rapture was underwater was not the reason why Rapture failed in Bioshock. Yeah, (laughs) the underwater thing was fine so long as the the society inside remained functional. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like they seem to have that down.
2: Hmm.
0: So yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do in. Yeah, a scenario where the world is ending, you could have your characters try and stop that, or maybe just the world is the world is ending. That is, yeah, that is a thing that happens. I know that there's at least one World of Darkness setting, at least in the new World of Darkness, where the world ending is what your characters are actually trying to make happen.
2: Wow, yeah,
0: because there's like some kind of of rapture type deal that goes on there. I think Mage: The Ascension is about that, mm. where like. The ascension is actually like killing all humans on Earth so that they turn into spirits or something. I might yeah. be wrong. That might be something else. I know it's Skull- like at least one of the factions in Skullduggery Pleasant wants to do that. Although actually mm, they yeah. they they want they want to kill people for a different reason. They want to basically plug up the plug hole of death. Like if they kill enough people, then nobody can ever die. Which seems okay. Uh, sure.
1: <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay.
0: You never get to find out whether they're right or not. Yeah. Obviously.
1: Yeah.
0: That's also spoilers for... I can't remember which scholarly pleasant book is the red one. The red one. I think one. it's number six, something uh, like that.
1: It's the one after Dark Days then, probably.
0: Um, no, it's the one after Mortal Coil, I think.
1: Mortal Coil, Ah. Uh...
0: Mortal Coil was a really annoying, not really pleasant book because <laughs> it's, to... it's basically completely irrelevant to the wider plot, except for the <laughs> epilogue, which is relevant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm reading. Well, I'm about to start reading Dark Days at the minute, which um, my brother says is a good one. So
0: I think Dark Days is all right if it's the one yeah. I'm thinking of. is it's, the fourth one?
1: It's the fifth. No, yeah, the fourth one. Oh, it's yeah, the fourth.
0: yeah. The, the, that one, that one's pretty good. I yeah. think because I, I know the it... beginning at least is pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah. And I know that, uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah, yeah. I've just actually finished reading *Nemona*, but unfortunately, none of it is relevant really, un- yeah. unless I get. If we were talking about magic versus science, actually, I would have an interesting. Well, we're not talking about that. that. We, we talked about that not. before. We've talked about that before. Yeah.
0: Like two weeks ago. Yeah. We're not talking about that now. Yeah. Um. um oh, by the way, um, *Scholarly Pleasant*. Um, *Last Stand of Dead Men* is really bad. I say it, it, it's really bad. Um, the small sliver of actual story is fine. And maybe I'll talk about that in a minute because there is something I want to bring up. Um, yeah. Most of it is really, really racist. <laughs> no, seriously. Like <laughs> yeah. most of the plot takes place in Africa. Oh. Never more specific than that. In this really, really fucking weird setting where it's just like this, this whole premise is bullshit and also completely irrelevant to the plot. <laughs>
2: Mm.
0: it's it's just really bad and but anyway um something else that happens in last Stand of dead men though is that a lot of characters who you'd previously become used to and attached to die Mm. and sometimes they die in bullshit ways and i mean if that's the kind of thing that if you've built up like a lot of of characters who your players are like attached to and know by sight who you've brought back a lot and you want to kill them off an apocalypse scenario is the way to do that
1: oh yeah you want to kill them off in bulk Make your players cry at the table, openly weep, as you kill the crotchety old wizard who helped them out on several occasions. I don't know.
0: Okay, George <laughs> R. Martin. I don't know if you necessarily need to go that far, but yeah, that's that's the kind of kind of deal yeah. that we're, we're, we're talking about here. That's that's another way. Obviously, yeah. don't set up an apocalypse scenario just to do that. <laughs> yeah, that would but... be a real
1: jerk-ass thing to do, yeah.
0: But it, it's one of the uh, the things that you can do as a sideline. Uh, yeah. is that? In essence, there are a lot of re- there are a lot of reasons to end the world in your scenario, but they all like either they all turn up at once or none of them do. It's not really a thing where you like, yeah, I mean, I could end the world. There's some cause for it. It's like no. No, it's a very final thing.
2: Yeah.
0: I've never done it. I've never yeah. known a DM who has done it. I think yeah. possibly I might eventually do it. I can conceive of at least one of my games running long enough that one of the apocalypse triggers could actually happen.
2: Yeah.
1: I, there are you a know, lot I, of them. I, yeah, I can, one, there are a lot. Yeah. I can definitely see that happening in 2 Earth. If the game continues on long enough, I can definitely see there being a need or a reason to eventually kind of escalate the threat to we're going to end the world. But 2 Earth is interesting on ending the world because 2 Earth as the name would imply, is not the only Earth. So, yeah. It's not a are... fucking
0: barbell in space, is it? Because <laughs> XKCD proves that those are bullshit. Oh, you,
1: you don't know, you don't know. There's secrets and stuff.
0: I mean, I think we'd know if it were a barbell in space, at least yeah. if we lived ne- near the bar, because then we'd yeah. be able to see like the other planet and the big pole yeah. going yeah. it's space. not.
1: It's not a barbell in space, no. It's... A, uh, it's... it's, it's, it's... Don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> you know, you, you... I, I'm worried about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what other Earths may or may not exist in 2 Earth. And...
0: Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Everything will be fine.
1: Everything will be
0: fine. I feel we may be like going round and round the subject a bit.
1: A little bit, yeah. There's not really much really to go at in terms of tabletop.
0: We've, we've said pretty much what there is to say. It's, <laughs> it's a very like, final thing. Unless you're setting it like using the the premise of the apocalypse as your entire premise, um, and either your players can be facing it, or they can be trying to do something time-sensitive while the apocalypse is happening. It is yeah. up to you. There's quite a lot of material on this subject to look at.
1: Absolutely, yeah. A
0: lot of disaster films, a lot of like post-apocalyptic and during-apocalyptic uh, fiction.
1: Yeah, which is what zombie apocalypse stuff technically counts as, because... The danger has not passed. Yeah, the apocalypse is still ongoing. It's just taking a really long time.
0: Yeah, it'd be weird to see like a a nuclear apocalypse story where neither of the superpowers that caused the nuclear holocaust is actually gone, and mm. they're both still firing at each other.
2: Yeah. Uh, Although, um,
0: I mean, I guess in Fallout, technically both the U.S. government and the Chinese military do still exist. It's just they're yeah. not firing nukes at each other. Yeah. And the Chinese are mostly ghouls. Mm. God, Mama Dulce's is fucked up. Mm. It's not even connected to any quests. Mm. It's just you find a pie shop and it's full of Chinese people who are shooting at you. They have good assault rifles. It's the best solid state ammunition gun in that game as far as I'm concerned. That's not relevant.
1: No. (laughs) Why?
0: (laughs) That was us, I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's us. Um...
0: That was the end of the world.
1: We'll join you after our brief hiatus for...
0: Yeah, when I come back to Ireland to live in my own house.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, d- I don't know what the topic is going to be. I, I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah. there's a lot of things that I don't yeah. know.
0: I mean, for instance, I don't know what the album art is going to be this week. Like, I never yeah. know except for those few times when I do. So yeah. I'll put a credit for it in the description. Um, mm. Until next time. I have been Alex.
2: And I've been Beth. Uh,
0: the music was by Kevin McLeod. And if you have any suggestions for topics that we can do, um, please get in contact with us. You can use the hashtag House of Bards. Uh, On Twitter, that's all one word, but on other places, if you can split it up into three separate words, that would be cool, because that's probably what we're going to track. You can contact me on Twitter and Tumblr as uh, Cleaver that is uh, clever, as in smart, and then C-R-U-M-B-I-S-H. And for those of you who have read the book I've talked a lot about in the early part of this podcast, yes. It's exactly what you think it is.
1: And you can contact me on at Banff on Twitter and um, Banff on Tumblr as well. And the D&D Tales episode is imminent and it will happen eventually. If you have any stories that you'd like to send me to tell on the podcast, I would be more than happy to receive those.
0: I will probably talk about my own uh, stories. Mm. I have received an indication that we might mm. have a guest on that podcast. We may have a guest, yes. On that podcast, uh, we really, really love D&D stories, so if we overrun our length, I will yeah. probably split it into two weekly updates. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe even, if I can get it edited quick enough, two podcasts in the same week. Ooh. Um, Thrilling. Yeah, I will be telling mostly my own stories, but uh, we'll, we'll spare no expense, is what I'm saying. There's mm. no, no point where we would have to, to cut a story in order to make yeah. it into the podcast. It's not happening.
1: You know. Yeah, it's just all going to be stories, possibly a few giggles here and there. Um, uh, if you follow
0: my Tumblr, I th- feel that you probably will know at least one of the stories that I'm going to tell already. Uh, but mm. I have plenty more. Yeah. It's fine, it's good. But yeah, so. that was us. Uh, so until mm. next time, we have been House of Mards. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Bye.
1: Don't end the world. Bye. Like we're not we're not gonna go to sectionals, you know. Jasper isn't gonna come down in a space Hand. thing and fight us. Um, it's you know.
0: God, can you imagine if we did House of Bards bombs though?
1: Oh my god, that would be
0: excruciating. Oh so my god, so much condensed editing.
1: One day live streams will will <laughs> pop them down, but I God, I wouldn't want to do a House of Bards live stream because that would just because like
0: Hazard live stream would just be like all of the stuff that I normally edit out happening live
1: yeah <laughs> and two
0: viewers yeah like my live streams usually get yeah I mean like conceivably we could do a Hazard Bars live stream that was like an actual game I
1: think yes I, mean, maybe, I think we maybe, could, maybe yeah. people
2: would watch that may,
1: maybe people would watch that yeah
2: I don't know like how exactly we would we would, uh, we would yeah. do that